everybody, and welcome to This American Life. I'm Beata. I'm Poppy. And this is the podcast that nobody asked for, but that everybody needs in their life. <laughs> and before we start, I would like to acknowledge that we record this podcast on unceded and unsurrendered Algonquin and Mi'kmaq territories. And we would like to urge everyone to inform themselves on the land they live on and how to support Indigenous communities. Very well said. <laughs> so <laughs> we thought that to start out this podcast, we would do a little introduction for both of us. We talk about how we got here, our experiences with hockey, what this podcast is going to be about, just stuff like that. So Poppy, do you want to start us out with that? Yes. Okay. So my name is Poppy. I'm an Ottawa-based student and I guess kind of writer. <laughs> you might have caught some of my like Senstrology stuff on Welcome to Your Carlson Years. My pronouns are she, her. I'm like a queer white settler. And if you couldn't tell by the accent, I'm British. I've like weirdly gotten really, really into hockey and I've made a lot of friends through it and it's been really good. Nice. So I'm Beata. My pronouns are she and her as well. And some of you might know me from Silver Seven Sands. I've been writing there for two years, almost to the day now. Ooh, congrats. And I'm also an editor at an entertainment website called fangirlish.com. But yeah, I am from Ottawa. I live in Halifax now because I go to Dalhousie University. But I'm in Ottawa during the summer and during winter break and I grew up there. So I kind of grew up cheering for the Sens. My mom's a big hockey fan. She's a Canucks fan, not a Sens fan, really. But hockey has just always been a big part of my life, and I've gotten really into it in the last few years, probably since about 2013. That's when I started reading hockey blogs, and then the last two years, obviously, I've been writing about it on Silver 7. Yeah, I should probably mention, like, I got into hockey in 2012, started cheering for the Habs. I'm sorry. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was during oh, no. PK Subban's reign, so I'm not sorry. And then I moved to Ottawa in 20. Ooh, I think 2014 and started like getting into hockey more and more and yeah I was there for the like beautiful playoff run which was very exciting and that kind of like cemented me in hockey fandom. Yeah I cheered for the Canucks for a while like I kind of grew up cheering for both the Sens and the Canucks equally because my mom's a Canucks fan but I'm from Ottawa and then around 2007 is when I really got into the Sens. I'm 19 by the way I was eight in 2007 <laughs> so don't judge me for, for you know getting into it late or something right. I was eight. And then around 2011, the Sens were really bad. The Canucks were really good. I was a little more into the Canucks. People who knew me in like middle school would probably say I'm a big Canucks fan. I'm not anymore. Around like 2013, that's when I got into Sens blogs and stuff. And when I got really, really into the Sens and I just kind of realized that the Canucks game started at 10 p.m. and I just like couldn't stay up that late. And I slowly lost interest in the Canucks. So now they're just any other Canadian team for me. I'm mostly just a Sens fan. <laughs> I love that it's also related to, like, having to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like, I get it. Uh, I'll admit, I straight up haven't watched any games on the West Coast. Like, no. the Sens are oh, just finishing their, their West Coast road trip, their California trip, as we record this. I have not watched any of them because yeah. I'm in Atlantic time. They start at 11. I'm, like, asleep by then. Yeah, me too. <laughs> We're bad bad fans and <laughs> bad bloggers <laughs> i'm a real vlogger i don't actually watch the game <laughs> all right so yeah basically in this podcast we're just going to talk about hockey culture we're going to talk about inclusion because we're both women so we want to talk a bit about what it's like to be a woman in hockey but also just stuff that's happening in the sense we want to talk about the sense you know yeah definitely like the hot goss as well uh-huh yeah because I'm I'm into the hot goss. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. So do you want to start out with our 2018 recap? We thought this would be a good segment to start us out because as we're recording this, it's just the beginning of 2019. Maybe this is a little bit outdated, like everyone kind of did their 2018 recaps at the end of 2018, but we want to start us off with everything that happened in the last year in Sens fandom. Not necessarily in chronological order. Oh, yeah. There was a lot. There was a lot that happened in 2018. Um, it was a year. <laughs> like, speaking of hot goss, it was a good year for hot goss. <laughs> it was. It was, actually. If um, you're into that kind of stuff. It was a good year for, like, Sense Twitter, for Sense Fandom. You know, there were good jokes. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, to start out, obviously, like, the big thing was Melnick out. This, like, massive movement. I mean, honestly, everybody listening, except for, like, my mom. Hi, mom. Um, <laughs> probably knows about Melnick out, but, I mean, 
the fact that people raised money for billboards was that was a lot. <laughs> that's, that's so extra. I love it. Oh, I <laughs> it's love amazing. it. And also, you know, knowing that Alfie secretly like supported the whole thing was oh, that was amazing. It was very validating to find <laughs> out that like we're not the only ones who is sick of the owner. So that was really like that that was my I think probably one of my favorite stories. Alfie like sort of letting slip that he does not like Melnick. <laughs> well, it's like you kind of hear rumors that some of the players, some of like the player wives don't like him very much they want him out but then to have melnick just go like off the record obviously but just say to a reporter yeah we're hoping melnick leaves yeah we're hoping for a new owner please yeah that was great okay so my other like my favorite i think story of 2018 and i know this is childish but it's the video (laughs) of the ref scoring a goal with his dick and balls (laughs) (laughs) i don't even have anything else to say to it it's iconic and it's I, just what else can we say that was great <laughs> um love and respect to an icon i don't know who that ref was but like i love you that was great so one of my favorite things that happened in 2018 was the town halls and i feel very cheated because we were supposed <laughs> to get more of those yeah um it was great it was just they were so perfect they talk about wanting to listen to the fans to connect with the fans and then just don't allow any recordings. <laughs> yeah, shout out to, like, our secret Twitter source who recorded the town halls. <laughs> yeah, there were a few people. I think there were three town halls. They were all great. I remember I wrote a whole recap of that on Silver 7. It was great. They might have invited media, I think, but they, they still didn't allow any recordings or anything, which is kind of weird because they were talking about how the media misrepresents them and stuff. And it's like, if you don't let people record, nobody's going to know what you're saying, and then they're going to miss interpret it and then also they just they just said horrible things yeah i mean it was a shit show i think you got like a didn't they get like notebooks or something if you show if you yeah. got to, lovely thank you senators they really like <laughs> <laughs> emptied their pockets for that one i i definitely think that they didn't do a great job of actually addressing any concerns i mean it was just waffling on about promises and what did we get cheap hot dogs like (laughs) cheaper parking and it's still expensive well i get free parking but we'll talk about that later (laughs) and i think even the one dollar hot dogs are just before puck drop i learned that at a game What? yeah because a friend was talking about how great the one dollar hot dogs are and i was so excited and at intermission i was like i'm gonna go get some hot dogs and he was like nope they're not a dollar anymore that is a scam like (laughs) an actual scam (laughs) Ugh. Okay, well, another iconic moment of 2018 is obviously the revelation of Gritty. Oh my god, Gritty. Oh, I I have so many feelings for this beautiful creature of chaos. <laughs> that was the thing where when the Flyers first unveiled Gritty, everyone was like, kill it, that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, what and is it? it? Just... <laughs> no, that's horrible. And then it's just like we saw more of Gritty... And he just got adopted by, like, Antifa and all these, you know, left-wing activists. And he's not actually like that at all. The Twitter account, I think, follows Barstool. Mm. Don't fact-check that. I'm pretty sure it does, though. I'm pretty Um, sure it does. I think this was a discussion we had before. I think so. But the way that the fans have just embraced Gritty... He's like one of those characters. I think I said this on Twitter. He's like one of those characters who's not actually that great, but the fans just imagine him as great and like write him. The the fan fiction about him is just so much better than the actual stuff. I think Gritty, like, I don't think anybody anticipated Gritty to become this like phenomenon. And I think the charm of him is that, you know, like he was really adopted by movements. I mean, I was walking on campus last month and I saw all these posters of Gritty, like, supporting the postal worker strike. And I was like, yes, Gritty. (laughs) (laughs) And I think just the way that that we perceive him is so insane. And I think just knowing, like, Gritty has no masters. He's just, he's out there being insane. And, like, that is, I don't know, it's, it's kind of nice to see people just create his personality mm-hmm. instead of accepting the shitty, boring mascot personality that we would have otherwise gotten. 
That's amazing. Yeah, and I also like that it's kind of spread beyond hockey Twitter, even though it originated in our little corner of the internet. That's very cool. But the next thing on our list, my personal favorite thing that happened in 2018 was when everyone I love left. (laughs) Um, Everyone got traded. Everyone. Just just gone. (laughs) It, um, wow. Yeah. What a year. (laughs) Can Um, we just, like, can we just acknowledge that in 2017... Nobody thought that Eric Carlson being traded was even a possibility. Like, I just remember thinking, that yeah. is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, it's never going to happen. I muted everything related <laughs> to Carlson trade on Twitter. I was like, this is the dumbest discussion we've ever had. It's not happening. And then the trade deadline came around and it was like, what the fuck? We're actually going to do this? I think, like, yeah. it was also terrible because we all had this collective anxiety when we started noticing that he hadn't signed anything and Mm -hmm. we were like oh no and we got closer and closer and closer to the deadline and then suddenly after months and months of being like why would Eric Carlson leave like he loves the city which is wild there's not a lot of like generational talents who want to stay in Ottawa and he actively wanted to stay here and was like building stronger ties to the community and you know, like, his wife's family's here. So we were all, like, the only way that we would ever lose Carlson is if he was, like, I hate Ottawa. And he didn't. Mm -hmm. So we were, like, oh, this is easy. It's fine. And then they didn't give him money? Excuse me? (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) But even after the trade, he kept saying that he loves Ottawa. He didn't want to leave. It was just really sad. (laughs) It was was pretty tragic. Like, I, I know that this is really awful, but I don't always feel bad for hockey players for having to leave because... You have so much money, buddy. Like, you're earning so much money. It's easy for you to set up in, like, different cities as well. I mean, like, Kyle Turris comes back to Ottawa in the summer, you know? Which is, again, rip in peace, Kyle Turris. We love you and we miss you. But with Eric Carlson, I was mortified. Like, I was actually so shocked and I felt really bad. It it was gross. It was bad. Ugh. Who else left? I can't remember. Everyone left. <laughs> Hoffman left. Oh my Freddie god. Freddie Clayson left. I loved Freddie Clayson. I miss Freddie. Like, oh, <laughs> what a, just a man with a personality. I love, mm-hmm. Chris, oh, yeah, we lost Chris Weidman. We? Oh yeah, we did. In the most beautiful way though, so like, I know. <sighs> yeah, just everyone. And like, with Carlson, it was just this thing where you kept thinking, You know, even though everyone kept saying it was going to happen, it's just such a horrible thing that you're like, there's no way it's actually going to happen. Like, I couldn't quite wrap my head around it. Yeah. And then, you know, the trade deadline came and I was like, wait, this is actually going to happen. And then it didn't. And then, you know, as the season went on, I was still kind of like preparing myself. But at the same time, this is so horrible. There's no way they're going to do it. I can't even imagine this team post Carlson, right? And it just dragged on forever and ever and yeah. ever. That was the worst part, the dragging on. I mean, how... Yeah. And the hope, exhausting. too, where you're like, will we get rid of Melnick in time? Oh, will it, they change their minds? Yeah. Oh, the season is starting. Maybe it's not so bad. Maybe he's not going to get traded after all. Maybe we have another season with him. I was fully ready to just enjoy this season because I was like, look, this is the last season of the Senators. After this, they're just gonna, like, disappear, you know? (laughs) Like, we're just gonna enjoy this, and then then it's all over, but... It was what an exhausting thing to witness. I mean, I can't believe that I'm the type of sports fan now. In the year of our Lord, 2018, (laughs) I was, and now in the year of our Lord, 2019, I'm still the type of sports fan who's, like, heavily invested in trade rumours. What happened? (laughs) How did I get here? (laughs) Tying into, like, everybody getting traded was, of course, the dirtiest dirt of 2018, which was Mike Hoffman's fiancé cyberbullying Melinda Carlson. What? What was up with that? I... you know, it's just a, it's such a 2018 sends thing. Like, how did that happen? I what, what, what other don't hockey know. team has this kind of stuff happen? It was so first of all disgusting. Like, what a terrible thing to do. Mm-hmm. But also, um, just so out of the blue and so absurd. And the reactions of everyone were just weird. And everyone was like, "How is this happening?" 
it was just so strange. And then, of course, shortly afterwards, Mike Hoffman was gone. Done. Yeah. It was also a thing where, like, everyone kept talking about Hoffman having character issues. And people were saying, oh, there's stuff in the dressing room. Whenever that stuff comes up, you're like, how much do players actually care about this? Like, oh, okay. Mm. Hoffman sometimes celebrates a little too exuberantly. Hockey culture is like that, right? There's no way that he's actually a huge problem in the dressing room. And then you find this out. And you're like, oh, yeah. okay. No, that makes sense. I get it. Like... <laughs> You know, it's one of those things where it exceeds the rumor. Because the thing is, especially mm-hmm. in a town like Ottawa, like it's relatively small. If you are in any way invested in hockey or, or sports, it's pretty easy to find out rumors about your local hockey team because like everybody here knows each other. So the rumor mill's churning and it's like, oh, Hoffman, like, uh, it's a bit of a difficult person. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. Like, he's a professional athlete. He's probably kind of sucky. But then... <laughs> We find out that his girlfriend is literally harassing one of the wives, which is intense. Like, that's that's not just a little, you know, little, little cat fight. That was a lot. So that was great. And then we lost him and we were like, oh, well, we lost a good player, but like, it's for the good of Carlson. And then we bloody lost Carlson, too. I mean, I know uh, what a what a year. Anyways, the next thing we were going to talk about is our collective son, Brady Kachuk. Oh, I um, love him. We were wrong? We, we were, were wrong, so wrong about him? Like, what? <laughs> Everyone, you know, going into the draft, Brady Kachuk was that guy that you know that one team is going to pick way too early. And then, of course, the Sens pick him. Ugh, we were devastated. Like, yeah, obviously. We were watching the trade at the Senate. Hello, Senate yeah. Tavern. <laughs> with a bunch of like people from the Twitterverse and we had to obviously ask the people to put the trade on for us because nobody cares about the senators in 2018 (laughs) and they did they're lovely and when they picked Brady Kachuk we were livid like we were I mean we weren't gonna you know burn the house down but we were disappointed and you know what we were wrong we were so wrong we were I love Brady Kachuk I want Brady Kachuk to be my best friend Every time they mic him up, he's so excited about everything. He's so happy playing hockey and he's so nice to everyone. He's great. The one thing I will say is that I'm pretty sure that the Sens drafted him thinking he was a tough guy. They didn't think he was going to be this skilled. (laughs) I don't have enough faith in the Sens to think that they did the right thing. No, definitely. Um, I think they just kind of stumbled into this. This was an accident, but... Whatever. You know what? We have Kachuk. I just, I feel blessed. I think it's the best news Mm -hmm. we had in 2018, probably. So thanks for Kachuk. I really want to read his birth chart. So if he could send me the time of his birth, that would be really great. (laughs) Brady Kachuk, if you're listening, (laughs) send Poppy the time of your birth. (laughs) Honorable mentions also go to hashtag bath time. I love bath time. Um, That like... The player and the hashtag. That hashtag is the best thing Gold. that Sense Twitter has come up with in a long time. I'm really happy with that. Mm-hmm. Also, Thomas Shabbat being so good in 2018. Colin White, also very good. Stone, always good. Yeah, I love him. I love Mark Stone as a blogger because every time that, you know, I need a third star for three stars of the week or I need to, you know, point out the notable performances in a game, I'm just like, Stone was good, <laughs> right? Like, I'll just throw in Stone there. It, good bet that he's, like, one of the best players this week, right? He's consistently so good. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen many games where I've been like, oh boy, you know, you're not playing your best game right now. And considering, I mean, the garbage lineup that he's working with, he's been consistently incredible. Like, I'm very happy with Stone. I love Colin White as well. Hello, Colin White. I love you. Oh, and then, of course, we have to mention a very important news story of 2018, (laughs) which is Vodka's thighs. (laughs) (laughs) We have this written down in the notes as Vodka Thick Boy. (laughs) He's so thick that Ian Mendes wrote an entire article about it. And my favorite thing about this, first of all, I love Ian Mendes. This is no, mm-hmm. like, drag on Ian Mendes. He's he's amazing. But, like, I love that he woke up one day and he was like, I need a send story. And, like, it's so <laughs> bleak that he was like, you know what I'm going to write about? The one thing on the sense that is not bleak, and that's Budka's thighs. <laughs> and then he went in the dressing room and he interviewed other players about his thick thighs. Wow! <laughs> 
What I really love about this is that hockey players are kind of known for being very thick, but Bodker is apparently so thick that <laughs> he deserves an article thick. all on his own. I love that so much. It made me very happy. <laughs> it's also the gayest piece of hockey news that came out in 2018. <laughs> A whole written piece about men commenting on each other's thighs. <laughs> It's what dreams are made of. So another thing that we wanted to talk about was the special promotions, I guess, that the Suns have been doing this season. They've announced some special nights. One of them is a night that they've called Furry Fans Night, which, as we all know, is a night when everyone is encouraged to wear their fursuit to the game. I and we're big fans of this. I... Love Furry Night, okay? I have, I stan Furry Night. I like both versions of Furry Night. I like the reality of Furry Night, which, in case you didn't know, because you're thinking that it's a bunch of people, you know, dusting off their personas, <laughs> it's like actually they're working with the Ottawa Dog Rescue and there'll be like adoptable puppies there and it's great. And there's this adorable little rescue dog that's like the spokesperson, quote unquote, of the Ottawa Dog Rescue. I'm obsessed with him. I follow him on Instagram. He's beautiful. But I also love the idea that someone is going to have to show up in a fursuit. Please. Please. If, please, before the end of the season, have one fursuit at the game. That's all I want furry, this season. Like, like, really. If you are out there and you are a furry and you're listening to this, this is your time to shine. I would love to see you in your fursuit at the game. And you know what? Maybe you'll meet like-minded people. I mean, like, when they released this, I was like, maybe this is, like, one of those things where, like, we're gonna find out there's a huge furry subculture within Sans fandom. Who knows? I mean, we're not calling out Matt Bostelar right now, <laughs> but... Hi, Bosty. Hi. <laughs> Bosty, if you have a fursuit, please go to a game on it. I'll please. buy you a beer. Yeah, and then the other special night that they've decided to do is oh. called was it swipe right no snipe right neck oh my night? god i don't Singles remember night it was whatever it's just it's a, a night where people are basically supposed to meet other hockey fans like it's kind of a dating it's, thing it's 100 like a singles night at a small town disco you know <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's what it feels like to me and maybe it's where i will find the love of my life um we'll see my first thought when I saw this was, this sounds like a nightmare, because this sounds like <laughs> me sitting at a hockey game as a whole bunch of men try to impress me by yeah. explaining hockey to me oh, and talking yes. down to me. And I was like, that sounds horrific. No women are going to show up to this. But inside information, I've heard that apparently more women than men bought tickets to singles night. What? Oh my yeah, god. Inside information. I hope. Um, I'm kind of shocked not judging any of the women who did that. No. Your best lives, but... If you are a woman and you went to Singles Night, please like send us a message. I need insider info. Also, it's possible that it was like a bunch of gay women. That's what I was thinking too. I would like love that would that. actually be pretty great. Because yeah. I my idea was that it would be a bunch of men like looking really sad and trying to buy like the few women that are their beer and mm -hmm. i was like uh almost worth going because you'd get free drinks as a woman like yeah. automatically but my other dream was that it was like all the like queer ladies out there who were like into hockey and they're all like hanging out and i was like wow my people but i don't know i didn't go mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um let's talk about the downtown arena aka the not downtown arena. Yeah, you know, having moved to Halifax during the hockey season, I just, I'm kind of indifferent to this. Like, I've had this sense of peace now that it doesn't affect me. Um, although I did attend five Sens games and going out to Canada was not fun. And I really feel bad for everyone in Ottawa who now has to continue going to Canada after being promised that downtown arena. Honestly, okay, so I live in Ottawa and this is... A tragedy to me. I used to live in Gatineau and to get to hockey games I would commute almost two hours. I'd get from Gatineau to downtown Ottawa and then I'd take the long long trip on the bus to Kanata. Now living downtown it's still like about an hour that you have to plan in to get to the wow. arena which is absurd. I mean it's ridiculous. Yeah, definitely. It's not fun. I usually drink like three beers on the bus which I know <laughs> is illegal in this country but I don't care. 
And then also when they're playing the Leafs, you always have Leafs fans on the bus and they're always yeah. throwing beer cans at you. Like it's it's a lot. Yeah, I will say though that the traffic has improved a lot this season simply because nobody's going to the games. Yeah. So like there's a plus. It took me I think like 40 minutes to get from my seat to my house one night, like getting back from the game. I also had good parking. because i'm an important person but yeah it really sucks that we don't get that downtown arena anymore yeah once again thanks melnick also remember the video that melnick put out the day before the eric carlson trade with mark borvietsky interviewing him about the season like that was just the perfect way to start this season wasn't it? that was the most ottawa senators thing that could have happened it was painful it was weirdly scripted my favorite bit is when he asks Sporovetsky about the locker room culture and he's like, yeah, you tell me. Like, what? Why is Melnick telling us about this? Also, of course, the beautiful quote about the team being in the dumpster. Um, yeah, still relevant. Iconic, iconic video. Amazing. I don't think not, I've yeah. ever not seen the a most iconic video. video to come out of 2018. No. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll that talk in about a minute. We'll talk about that in a sec, but... I would say that, like, this laid the foundation for the most iconic video to come out in 2018. Definitely did. And it was a beautiful background. And it just, it really, like, sometimes it's just great to hate your favorite team. And this really made me hate my favorite team in a very satisfying way. Because I'm like, this is why I hate them. So that was fun. I think I tweeted right after that that, you know, the Sens suck, but it's still fun to dunk on them on Twitter. Oh, and yeah. Really, that's all that matters. Like, I mean, that's my whole identity at this point. I, I think I think that's just that just sums up the Ottawa Senators in 2018. Like everything sucks, but it is fun to dunk on them on Twitter. One thing I always like to point out is that gossip is always seen as this very like feminine thing, you know, like gossip magazines mm-hmm. in terms of um, celebrities and stuff are very much focused at women. But if you think about it, men are obsessed with sports gossip. And 2018, as an Ottawa Senators fan, was like the ultimate gossip year. And like, it was. I, I, I got everything I needed. I got the drama. I got the intrigue. I got Malnick being so boring and so evil. And it was just mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, we should, I guess, then talk about the most iconic video of 2018, which is the legendary Uber video. Oh my god, that was amazing. Uh, what was it that Duchesne said? I don't remember it. The twiggy. It was something like, <laughs> that boomeranged my twiggy off the glass or something. <laughs> like, it was just there hockey times, speak. <laughs> you know, there are times when I realize that I am not from here. And that was yeah. one of those moments where I had to pause it and be like, what does that mean? I'm from here, and I needed to pause it. <laughs> it was so oh, just so beautiful. many good quotes. Oh my just... god! Like always, fucking rights mellow. <laughs> my fucking favorite. rights mellow, amazing, <laughs> so quotable. Just the fact that you know we're so down on the team, we're so frustrated with the team, and then here is a whole bunch of the players saying exactly the same things that we've been saying and it's like so so satisfying to just see that they feel the same way you know it was (laughs) gorgeous and it was also like you know actually they they said this on the fifth liners podcast shout out to james and it wasn't Farada on this episode it was luke peristi but they were saying that you know it would be concerning if our players were not dunking on their own team and on their training and i was like yeah (laughs) absolutely i mean it was very human and very relatable and kind of nice to see that they're frustrated with the bad management and the bad training of the team, of course, as well. And just like kind of, you know, what's more beautiful than this? Just guys being dudes. So <laughs> Amazing. It was fun yeah. to see them like kind of just have a very human moment. And then we lost Chris Weidman over that video. Rippy dippy. <laughs> And, like, obviously they great. didn't say it was over the video, but, like, we I know. know. <laughs> we yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of iconic quotes, mm-hmm. who can forget the iconic, we're a team? Oh, my God. I tell everyone about this. When I go back home, <laughs> I tell people about this, and nobody quite understands how beautiful that clip is. The way he just looks so upset and just kind of blinks a few times and doesn't know what to say, and then just goes, we're a team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean let it be known 
that the 2018-19 Ottawa Senators <laughs> are, in fact, a team. A team. We actually cons- Whether we want them to be a team or not, yeah. they we, are a team. Um, they exist. And also, it's actually quite, kind of questionable how much of a team they are after this season <laughs> and like the amount of conflict that's been going on. It's like, are you a team? Because <laughs> I don't- Actually, I think... I think after the Uber video came out, a real-life Halifax friend of mine tweeted a breaking new video reveals that Ottawa Senators are not, in fact, a team, <laughs> which I think just sums up that video. Yeah, it was beautiful. We actually like, considered I think... calling this podcast We're a Podcast. Um, we did. But then, actually, thank you, Mike Wheeler, for coming up with a beautiful name this amount of Shout out to Mike Wheeler. We love yeah. you, Mike. But yeah, that, that video has everything again. Like, as a hockey fan, this year was so painful. But as someone who loves gossip that is not related to me and does not affect my real life, it was so beautiful. It was so good. I just love the drama that, again, does not affect me all my life so that I can sit at home with my cat and be boring and still feel something. <laughs> you know? It was it was so great. You know, at least they gave us something to talk about. They really watch. gave us... You know, as someone yeah. who has felt very down on the team lately, but still really enjoys engaging with Sens fans online. You know, it's nice that I have something to talk about. Totally. I think also just, you know, we do have quite a community built around our hockey fandom. So Mm -hmm. when we're not really talking about hockey, because honestly, it's boring hockey, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's downright depressing hockey, they put on a good show for us. And we have, Mm -hmm. it's it's like watching a fun show every week and then talking to your friends about it it feels like a book club almost but with bad hockey news ultimately sports is just entertainment it's it's meaningless right and if we're not being entertained on the ice why not just be entertained off the ice and like fun sometimes i wonder if they are aware of that you know the level Mm -hmm. of entertainment they've given us this (laughs) season it's like you're getting a lot of money out of this like you know give it something so Uh they uh have truly given us something and then, of course, to speak about more depressing news, we found out about the complete mismanagement of funds in the Senators Foundation. That was annoying, to say the least. I know a lot of people in the city have gotten a lot out of the Roger Nielsen House, which the Senators Foundation is supposed to be working with. And of course, like there are donations that have gone there, but it's sad to see you know, a lot of it going to other expenses that haven't been necessarily well specified. It's not like the Sens throw exactly lavish parties or anything, so it's just kind of sad to see charity yeah. funds being used the wrong way. The thing that kind of jumped out to me about the Sens Foundation wasn't necessarily the mismanagement of funds, but the fact that they made so much money. Like, yeah. sports teams are, I think, some of the biggest charities in Canada. And then you think, well, why are people only donating money to these sports team charities? Like, yeah, first of all, why are you choosing these when you clearly haven't done much research into it, right? Mm. Like, you have no reason to believe that these are the best charities, necessarily. But also, these sports teams have so much power. Like, they get so much money, and they're not spending it the best way. And, you know, they talked about the 50-50 and stuff. Well, why can't the 50-50 just go to a different local charity every night? Why can't you just raise money for other charities if Mm. you're so good at raising money, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think a big thing is that we like to believe that charity money is always going directly to those in need. And unfortunately, something we've had to find over the last few years and decades, really, is that charity funds are not used well in a lot of ways. Not always out of malice, necessarily. Sometimes it's just a lack of organization. You know, people just not budgeting very well. But it is quite shocking to see that you know, sports teams have this incredible capital that they could shift to great charities. And I think part of it is that, you know, you go to a Sens game and like, I don't think I'm ever going to win, but I always buy like a 50-50 ticket because I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, like at the end of the day, I'm giving them a couple of dollars and it's going to go to charity. So like, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, that's great. Yeah. And then you look at the final count and you're like, oh man, that could pay for a whole year of university. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, the things I could do with that money. (laughs) But, you know, you see all this money coming in every single game. People, Mm -hmm. and we don't only donate during the games, like people do take part in a lot of fundraisers and stuff that are organized by the senators. 
And I think it's just one of those things where like, maybe if you don't in your day to day life, think about donating very often, you know, you get this opportunity. I think a lot of the time it's just to be given an opportunity and then you're like, oh yeah, I could totally do this. And then you don't question it too much. So Mm -hmm. I think it was nice for us to find out what was going on with all this money that was being made, but it's still a bummer. Yeah. So speaking of mismanagement of money, (laughs) kind of, right in the middle of all these scandals of Eugene Melnick never paying money on his players, on the front office of the team, not willing to spend money on anything, he decided to spend money on something. Yeah. Um, And that was a lawyer for Randy Lee when Randy Lee was accused of harassment i believe it was just harassment a lot of people told me this on twitter yeah it's not sexual harassment it's harassment but if you look at the police report i would definitely call that sexual harassment yeah and you know we won't go into detail with that but that was just like another really really disappointing thing you know to find out that the people in the organization are also pretty terrible people and he eventually resigned and then I think pled guilty later on in the year but he resigned before that yeah I think what was really gut-wrenching was that a the person that he harassed I would also like to point out that in our notes it just says Randy Lee was being a shithead yeah yeah (laughs) pretty much it's a nice way to put it but um the (laughs) person who he was harassing was a young man and knowing how you know much he was involved with the Belleville senators that was like upsetting to say the least somebody in a position of power who deals with young men should not get away with this and of course then the fact that Melnick protected him I mean he didn't just you know hire him a lawyer they didn't fire him they didn't even suspend him Mm -hmm. I think they suspended him later did he they suspend him or did he just step down I can't remember but if they I think they I think they suspended him and then he stepped down I think they suspended him after like weeks and weeks of people just yeah not being happy with this and I was you know listening to the radio and reading blogs and stuff at the time and a lot of especially what I heard on the radio was people being like oh well you know if they if he steps down or that he gets suspended it's like admitting that he's guilty and you know it's just an accusation blah 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 innocent until Mm -hmm. proven guilty that's what suspensions are for a suspension is not firing someone a suspension is saying we're gonna take time to look at this because if it's true you should not be in a position of power around young men and then i did actually talk to someone who had worked in and around ctc for a while who had said that it was kind of an open secret that when randy lee was there you wouldn't necessarily send young men as servers or if you were a young man and you were working as a server you had to kind of watch out around randy lee because he was very touchy that being an open secret is upsetting to say the least because you know that the organization must have known at least a little bit about it but these are things that you know it's people always say oh it's just a rumor and then until this stuff happens until the police get involved yeah yeah pretty much that was our dark dark news of the day (laughs) yeah let's get back into some happier stuff yeah like for example we got 69 points in 2018 nice amazing (laughs) i added that like right at the end yeah it was great (laughs) that was just really nice yeah it was nice it was was very nice um also the twitter bots iconic beautiful amazing a good time i love every time i see somebody on twitter being like eugene melnick saved this team and i look at it and it's like someone with two followers and (laughs) (laughs) they all tweet the same thing but did you know that there are just as many anti-melnick bots as there are melnick bots did they say that (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay it's uh, it's time for me to come clean i am actually a bot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so am I. Um, but that was that was really fun. I think that was really funny because at first we were all like, wait, where are all these pro Malik people coming from? And then we were like, oh, <laughs> it was beautiful. It's so sense. It is so sense. And it's also like <sighs> when the deal with when the deal for the downtown arena fell through and they put up this like terrible website being like the breadandflatsfacts.com not- <laughs> or something like that. It is <laughs> not Melnick's fault. I feel so bad for the unpaid intern who had to build that website. <laughs> I know. I mean, oh, actually, if you built that website and you're listening to this podcast right now, slippery slippity slide into my dms <laughs> i want some <laughs> i want some info we want the deeds yes that was a good time and it was it was very it was. sense like it it was really like i think everything melnick does has this trumpian vibe and he just continues to ride that wave and 
I almost respect him for it, but I don't. Yeah. So one thing that I really liked that some would say is very connected to the bots was everyone becoming an influencer um, mm. because I was also an influencer. I'm it was so really jealous. Great. I wish I it was, was an It was very fun. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Actually, I do like people are giving the quote-unquote influencers shit and you obviously get to see this more than I do for selling out, which is very funny as mm-hmm. if you would be selling out for like some shitty popcorn. <laughs> um, very very mediocre hot dog very mediocre. the worst coffee i have ever tasted in my life <laughs> which is like just to sit in a separate press box that's with my all favorite the other influencers that you and like... talk shit about the sends which by the way is great the other influencers are the highlight <laughs> of every game just hanging out with other influencers if any of you guys are listening i love you i think the funniest thing for me personally not having been there but the fact that you're kind of treated as a subspecies of uh, journalists, <laughs> so you don't it's get to so sit. clicky though. Yeah. Like they never talk to us. Nobody. <laughs> like the, the press boxes are connected, so at the intermission <gasps> no you can way. go and talk to the other people. <laughs> But nobody ever talks to us. I love that. <laughs> They're just like, oh, those are the less important people. I love yeah. that you're like the dirty bloggers and you have like mm-hmm. a, a separate space. And also the fact that you get like bad coffee in Ottawa, which is <laughs> arguably one of the most like coffee focused cities I've ever been to. That's just like downright insulting. <laughs> and the hot dogs are like so bad compared to the ones that they sell just no a few floors down. Oh my god, I bet they make them in like a microwave. But on the other hand, I must say, I do think it's really great that, you know, the senators are acting like a real business and reaching out to influencers because it is the 21st century. People do get a lot of their news online, people mm-hmm. do listen to bloggers. I mean, like a big thing that was involved in me getting into hockey was you know reading like silver sevens and listening to different podcasts it wasn't all tsn you know like it's actually something that is like sort of the focus of a whole generation of fans so yeah and i find like you're not really into a sports team's fandom until you start seeking out that fan created content you know like if you're just reading or watching you know tsn and i don't know ottawa sun or whatever the mainstream media Mm. that's sort of one level of fandom right and that's i think that's mostly geared toward more casual fans yeah not that i'm saying like we're better fans than anyone else or anything but i think that once you start finding blogs and podcasts and stuff that's when you get really really into a sports fandom so yeah it's very cool i think to have yeah to have that recognized definitely and i think like a big thing as well is that obviously the press has to have a very particular kind of relationship with the organization i'm not accusing of like the people in the press you know lying Mm -hmm. or being manipulated but i think you have to be a little bit careful about your relationship because you know like your entire job kind of relies on it whereas Mm -hmm. the you know more like bloggers and influencers just you know you can say whatever you want brian is out there brian 506 is out there in his car (laughs) yelling at a camera about how he's angry that the sense have lost you know (laughs) i know i once saw pan from sense call-ups stop pierre dorian as he was leaving a press area and just say hi can i ask you a question and and pierre just said no But then he asked him a question anyways, and it was a question about, like, the Eric Carlson trade or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, so our our final point on this list is the amazing, wonderful Facebook group that we love so much called the Red Scarf Union bullying us out of their Facebook group This was after I highlight. posted my article in there and making us friends because of that. This, That's how we became friends. This was my highlight of 2018. Um, you yeah, know what? Cancel the ref scoring a goal with his dick and balls. My cancel highlight. Gritty, cancel everything. Cancel everything. My highlight of 2018 was when Beata posted an article, and I think it was in February because <laughs> it was Hockey is for Everyone Month. I think it was January. Oh, no, yeah. I think it was like late January because it was coming up. Some people <laughs> were discrediting the whole article because I got the month yes. long for yes. the All Star game. Yeah, it was right before the All Star weekend. And they were like, um, actually, it's not in February, it's in January. And you said it's in February. <laughs> so your entire article is bad. And also, like, you're, you're a bad, like, journalist and stuff, which is really funny uh-huh. considering that, like, actual you know like mainstream journalists i don't know when the last time was that you have read news weekly or something but literally every single paper makes mistakes 
and, and also the next week of has course to print I'm of course I'm a bad journalist. Amendments. I'm not a journalist at all. Like, <laughs> like, stop holding me to these standards. I know, but also so Beata posted this excellent piece where she was writing about how, you know, hockey is not for everyone, how it's a, a difficult culture for women and queer people and people of color. And then the shit show started. <laughs> because in order to prove to us that hockey is indeed a very inclusive space, they decided to bully two young women. <laughs> the irony. With they, I it was mean, just so literally only perfect. straight white men. They were so offended that I dare call them not perfect, you know? Oh, you know what? I remember what this was related to. It was related to Kid Rock. Yeah, that's what okay, it was. Okay, and then also one of my favorite parts of one of the guys who, who hated us, because the way I got involved was that I was like, no, like, Beata's right. Going to a hockey game as a woman, mm-hmm. or especially as a queer woman, can be very annoying and, like, tough. And, you know, like, I've had men either, like, randomly quiz me at games or call me a dyke, which is nice. Um, Great. Ironically, I've never been to a hockey game with a girlfriend. <laughs> they could smell it off me, apparently. Um, I have gone to hockey games with like an ex-boyfriend so I I don't know anyway point being it's not great to be a woman at a hockey game Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm white you know and and so to have you know I was just like oh yeah like I've I've made these experiences it's not always easy and they were so angry at us for pointing this out Um, it was wild and there's also the fact that the whole article was about how like you can't really take politics out of sports and we should stop trying to shut down conversations about politics or social justice and stuff or you know celebrate that you know we've finally gotten politics out of sports and what do they do they say this isn't relevant stop talking politics (laughs) and then they shut down the thread and they were like thank goodness someone shut that down we didn't want to talk politics in this facebook group that's strictly hockey and it was just like it was so funny (sighs) did you read it (laughs) i also remembered i was looking back at some stuff Uh, that I had written at the time and somebody was very angry that you had dared to criticize I'm trying to remember the exact words he used but it was essentially like celebrated country artist Kid Rock (laughs) 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 or it was like okay sweet home Alabama (laughs) like (laughs) um that was really funny and yeah so we did have a few people in our corner and they were dudes and Mm -hmm. they didn't get kicked out of the group but we did we did and you know what we made friends and it was an experience to have made and it's proven if anything that we still need to be very critical of our fandom because i think we're really lucky Mm -hmm. we're in a really wonderful group of fans who are very inclusive and very supportive and who make space for marginalized voices but that's not the norm especially not Mm -hmm. in the red scarf union facebook page no it is not I actually tried to get in there again, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I love I, I just rely on screenshots. Please, if you're in the Red Scarf Union, just send me all the screenshots. We love the okay. bad takes. They're so good. Just slide into my DMs, <laughs> please. <laughs> there, there aren't many of my friends left in that group. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame them for leaving. <laughs> okay, so I think it's time to move on to our next segment. Mm-hmm. This is a segment that we have called The Mascot Minute. If you follow us on Twitter, you might know what this is about. It is the most anticipated or the most dreaded part of this podcast. It was kind of a big selling point. I think we're just not going to give any context to this, except to give a brief warning that this next segment does contain sexual content, so (laughs) listener discretion is advised. To skip this segment, just fast forward one minute. Okay. Here we go. Take it away. It had been too long since Spartacat had last felt the electrifying touch of fur against fur. He purred softly as Carlton the Bear pinned him against the wall of the dressing room and kissed him with reckless abandon. He wasn't particularly proud of himself for ending up in this situation. He tried to avoid hooking up with rivals whenever possible. But Carlton had been there, willing and eager as always, and while there were some needs the racing prime ministers just couldn't fill. Sparty's knees went weak. He leaned his head against the wall as the other mascot worked, losing himself in the sensations he had been craving for so long. In an hour or so, 
he would feel guilty about once again giving in to the charms of the NHL's most sexually promiscuous mascot, and vow never to repeat the mistake. But for now, he was enjoying being fucked by someone with fur and claws who didn't look like a former prime minister. Afterward, Sparty wandered the empty halls of the Canadian Tire Centre. It always smiled particularly bad after the Leafs had been in town. His mind was wandering, thinking of all the other NHL mascots and how none of them seemed to care for him. Why? Sure, he was a small-town boy and his mane was pretty dull, but wasn't he just as passionate as the others? <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> that was Mascot this- Minute. You're welcome. <laughs> this will this story will be continued in future episodes. Yeah, so our plan for now is to build on this. So if you have any suggestions for where Sparty's adventures go, you can always get in touch with us on Twitter. So mm-hmm. having done that beautiful bit, let's talk about current events. <laughs> awesome. So um, how are we feeling about the Sens? Are we watching? I'm not. I hate them. I'm not watching. I'm watching the games that I recap and the games that I attend. And I probably shouldn't admit this. This is going up on Silver 7. A bunch of those readers are going to see this. <laughs> but honestly... Like, I check the scores, but yeah, I feel like this season, the Sens have been terrible, but also I have just personally been so busy in my personal life. Like, I've had so much going on that if I wanted to watch Sens games, I would have to really make time for them. And it just happens that every time there's a Sens game, there's something else I could be doing and really should be doing. So I just kind of use that as an excuse. So it's kind of sad, but you know. Yeah. I- I'm still kind of, like, involved in Sense fandom. I'm very involved in Sense fandom. I think you're pretty involved. I mm-hmm. I stay sort of up to date on the score. Um, If there is a game, like, I-, I check my phone and see how the boys are doing, but I haven't seen a whole game in a while. And I guess we're terrible fans, but, like, mm-hmm. you know... It- it's just really depressing. This is a great way to start out a podcast about the Ottawa Senators and <laughs> don't watch the games. I mean, I think we stay like up to date with what's going on. Um, and again, I, I watch the games I recap. Radio when I'm like doing my dishes, I'll like listen to it on the radio. But you know, it it's not a kind of season where like before many of the seasons, I would you know go out to a pub and meet up with friends and have a beer and we'd all watch the game together and it was so nice. Mm-hmm. But there's just not that enthusiasm for it i mean i've gone out to a pub with friends and been like oh let's watch the sense game and we don't watch it you know like we I've, talk about yeah. other stuff because it's so sad i've actually been to a pub with sense twitter fans and said let's get a spot where we can't see the tvs because the sense are playing <laughs> that's wild that's that's next level i haven't like yep. actively avoided them but i definitely have not actively sought out the games and like yeah that's kind of where i'm at too yeah and like i think you know one thing about the ottawa senators is like if they just signed stone and doshane and got Mm -hmm. rid of cc by the way the rumor that cody cc is going to be traded like i'm crossing my fingers and toes please and like borrow like people who are bad like stop playing ben harper he's not good Mm -hmm. there is a lot of talent in that team if if you actually used it from time to time Mm -hmm. and there was talent before you traded them for nothing yeah you wanted to do a rebuild when all your best players are in their prime that's a really all your bad players are old i still can't get over that what a a stupid time to rebuild but Mm -hmm. you know we do have some really great young talent as we've like mentioned before we have some players who are exceeding expectations and who are playing really well despite like clearly a very deeply disorganized and just honestly bad organization so if only they used that talent correctly and you know i i'd be more excited i think i i genuinely love hockey i would genuinely like to want to watch it but mm-hmm. i also don't like torturing myself so there's that yeah for sure so another thing we wanted to talk about was current event the McKenna trade Mike yeah. McKenna left um, I know I was I was really sad to see Mike McKenna go but we did bring in Anders Nilsson yes who is amazing I love him I have a theory that all the new trades are strictly about thickness and that's why we got Bertke mm, and that's why that we might got be Nilsson. it yeah I think that like they I believe that I think that you know Dorian doesn't know what he's doing so he's just like let's mm-hmm. just get a really thick team yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. <laughs> Let's have them have really tight jerseys. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's that's where he's at at this point. On a personal level, it's sad to see McKenna go. I think he was very beloved. But from a skill level, I don't think we lost the trade, to be honest. 
I think. No, I don't think so. And also, Nilsson supports the gay agenda, and so do I. Yes. I really like him. Um, so, yeah. I love that. I love a good ally, as we should mm-hmm. all. And it's also exceedingly rare in hockey and very rare in, in, in senators' hockey. I mean, like, the senators, maybe they'll send, like, Sparty to Pride, but that's about uh-huh. it. Um, <laughs> we have very rarely had players who explicitly spoke about being kinder to LGBTQ people mm-hmm. uh, in sports. So it's really nice to have like a strong ally and someone who's very vocal and someone who seems to be the type of guy that when, you know, somebody makes a shit comment in the locker room, we'll call them out on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really nice. Also, his wife has like the craziest abs I've ever seen. Yeah. She's intense. I love her. I want her to hug me with her strong arms. <laughs> <laughs> and in like good news, Jean Gabriel Pajot, our boy, is back. Yes. I, I haven't him. seen him play yet, but I'm very happy about this. But I'm very, very happy. I was so sad to hear about. It was an Achilles rupture, right? Oh, tragic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've missed him. He's an excellent player. Obviously, recovery for that kind of injury is long. And I, I don't really expect him to be, like, 100% right away. But I'm so pleased that he's back. Like, wow, we missed you. Yeah, definitely. Also, something that I want to talk about is the sweet goth jerseys. <laughs> yes, um, they're amazing. They're so nice looking. So we're talking about the jerseys for the All-Stars game. In case you haven't seen them yet, they're all like black, white, and gray. They're made out of recycled plastic, right? They're made out of- Yeah, I think so. They're made out of ocean garbage. And they're gorgeous. I mean, I I still hate the Centurion logo. I wish they'd use the O for it, but the jersey looks really, really good. Like, I really like it. The only thing I noticed the other day is that it's going to be a little bit inconvenient to watch a game. Yeah, definitely. Because of, like, there not being colours. I guess they'll do it that, like, one team will have, like, more white jerseys and one team will have more black jerseys. I don't know. It wasn't wasn't a great call on that. Yeah, I'm not sure what their plan is, but they look very cool. I'm very happy about it's that. It's very much a fashion before function move, and For I respect sure. it. Whoever designed those jerseys was just like, oh, this looks dope, and then did it, and then, you know... Maybe didn't quite think it through, but you know what? I love it. I love the sweet goth mm-hmm, jerseys. Mm-hmm. Almost worth buying one, but I don't have money for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then one of the notes I wrote into our doc is Volanin. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, I'm not sure. I don't care, but he's an absolute lad. I love him. Yeah, he's great. He's great. It's been really wonderful to see him play on an NHL level. He's been excellent. I do not just support him because he posted a photo wearing a turtleneck with a gold chain, which is one of my favorite looks. I'm literally wearing a turtleneck that with is a gold iconic. chain right now. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I mean, aside from the fact that we have very similar taste in clothing, he's a wonderful player. It's been really great to see him. I was like really mm-hmm. bummed out the other day when they sent him down to Belleville, but I think they called him up again, right? I think so. Yeah, I like him. I like him too. He can stay. We like him. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the Sens being terrible and us hating the Sens so much, uh, going back to that conversation topic, <laughs> we thought we'd talk a little bit about what the Sens would have to do to win us back. I have some opinions. So mm-hmm. um, to win me back, First of all, I would need the birth. I mean, I can get the birth place and date, but I'd need the birth time of every single player. I would need somebody to contact (laughs) me with a list of like time, place, date of every single player so that I can look up all their birth charts. I would want a friend hang out with Brady Kachuk at least once a week. I want them all to come out in support of (laughs) gay rights, like be decent. Mm -hmm. I would love... So one thing that we had actually discussed before, like I would love to see during like Hockey is for Everyone more involvement like more dedication you know like ladies nights being kind of a mess in the past i would love to see yeah definitely i would love to see them promoting like female activists and organizers and leaders in ottawa who are incredible and i'm sure there are hockey fans out there who you know are like wonderful queer or people of color or women who who would love to like get some support behind what they do in our community I would really like to see the senators be a little bit more, I don't know, a bit more cool. <laughs> be cool, yeah, guys. Yeah, that would be nice. And Poppy, I think there might have been another thing on your list about Bodker. Oh, yeah. I would love him to crush me with his thick thighs. Great. That's that's <laughs> about it. I also will take, I'll date Vlanin. He's, he's cute. He's mm-hmm. my age. We have the same, oh, we could share a wardrobe. Ooh. I I would like a date with him as well. And then I'd like them to send me a jersey. And I'd also like to be recognized as an influencer because I want to be like you when I grow up. Aww. (laughs) How about you? 
So actually, I'm not sure if you've been on Twitter lately, but um, I don't know what I is. have actually been converted back to a Sens fan by selling out. Oh, yes. Um, so everything <laughs> that I said earlier about being an influencer, that was all a lie. Because actually, I have sold out to the Ottawa Senators. I'm announcing it right here. Not only are they giving me free egg rolls all the time, they actually fed them to me by hand so that I could be tweeting while I'm watching the game. It's so brave of you to come out about this. So brave. Yeah, it was great. See, <laughs> the thing is, I was going to keep up this lie, but then I just remembered that now that I'm in Halifax... I can just say whatever I want because I have nothing to lose, you know? Yeah, nobody's going to come and hunt you down in the street anymore. Yeah. So actually, I'm saying it right now. I actually did sell my Twitter account to the Sens. <laughs> I am a bot. <laughs> Don't trust anything I tweet on my account. It's not me. It's Eugene Melnick. This is the only place where I can speak my truth. <laughs> they have also been giving me money. Like, they just shower me in money the whole time I'm at the game. Not a lot of people know this, but actually, the influencers are the reason the Sens are broke. At the beginning of the season, they were <laughs> like look we can either afford eric carlson or we can afford influencers and we can't afford both and they went with the influencers they made the so right it is my fault yeah it is my fault it's the fault of all the influencers if you have any problems with this you can direct them to at sends chirp on twitter <laughs> you'd love to address all of your complaints about this I'm sure. Yeah, I also did literally sell my soul to Eugene Melnick. It's kind of a thing that you have to do before you get into the press box. There's this whole ritual. It's, it's really complicated. It's not fun, but you know, you do have to sell your soul to Melnick. He doesn't want to pay for a plane ticket from Barbados. So you do have to do this whole like pentagram. You need like the tears of Sense fans. You need virgin <laughs> blood from Brady Kachuk. Don't tell anyone. He doesn't want that secret out. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a whole thing where yeah in exchange for an unlimited supply of egg rolls you sell your soul and your twitter account and all your social media accounts basically to eugene melnick so i have i guess i'm still kind of bound by that but i've also escaped ottawa so i, can I think say like at least you podcast. can speak your truth and you know that you know the the witch hunters aren't in halifax with you yeah you know and you know it was worth it to get those egg rolls. I get, I've Just never had an egg, egg roll rolls. before, but I hear they're good. You haven't lived. I know. They're so great. Yeah, and to be treated like a superstar in the press box, showered in money, you know, it's fine that Eric Carlson is gone because I get all his money now. I get it. And I mean, mm -hmm. that's why I want to be an influencer. I mean, this is really just so that this is my bid to become an influencer. This podcast is exclusively yeah, so worth it. about befriending Brady Kachuk and becoming an influencer yeah that's it. everyone in the sense organization if you're stalking me and you're like keeping tabs on me by listening to this podcast first of all i'm very sorry about the mascot minute um <laughs> but if you're listening to this please make poppy an influencer she has um, she has it. my support yeah and i'm going to like maybe make this a regular thing where every single episode i'm like so when am i gonna be an influencer hello uh -huh. <laughs> maybe i should uh -huh. just email them and be like hi I want to be an influencer. You should. Have you, you not should. seen my twitter.com where I mostly talk about my cat, but occasionally talk about the sense? <laughs> so moving on, we do have one last segment, which we are calling Big Rig Energy. And we essentially are going to award Big Rig Energy to someone related to the sense, usually. For this week, we would like to give an honorable mention to our king, Mike Wheeler, not only did Mike come up with the title This Amalnik in Life, but he also just randomly texted me, Big Rig Energy! Exclamation mark. <laughs> Amazing. Which was beautiful and has obviously influenced us in a wonderful way. He's also really nice. I hung out with his wife today. He it was is. great. Oh, I'm so jealous. Mike and Leah are so great. I love them. Yeah, Mike Wheeler, the Sense Twitter legend, is better than Mike Wheeler, the Stranger Things character. There, I said it. Wow, that's a controversial, yeah. controversial take. Mike, I'm very sorry that we said you have big rig energy. But... <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate you. We do. And then, of course, having spoken about him before, Nilsson, our new king, or at least my mm -hmm. new king, Mine too. He had been awarded so hetero of the year in Sweden. I didn't even know that was an award. That is my dream. Like, okay, one day I just want to be awarded hetero of the year. Mm -hmm. That would be the greatest honor. What an amazing award. And he's very mm -hmm. outspoken about gay rights. I think that's amazing. And just genuinely talking about, you know, the locker room culture that most 
players don't talk about negatively. It's really nice to mm-hmm. see someone like, you know, open up about that and just be like, yeah, you know what? I am a professional hockey player and it's garbage. If I wasn't straight, I would hate it, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's really wonderful. I think he has some serious big wig energy aside from having big size. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him play more. I love the clip of Brady Kachuk hugging him. I've seen it five times today. And he just seems really cool. His wife's fit as heck. I love mm-hmm. them both. They're a beautiful couple with lots of muscles. And they're woke as heck. Thank you. Thank you, Nilsson. You have big rig energy. All right. So this was very long. We promise that the rest of the podcast will not be this long. I'm not making that um, promise. <laughs> <laughs> We'll try to cut them down a little bit more. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to the very first episode of This Amelnik in Life. Please tweet us prompts, comments, complaints. My Twitter account is at C-B-E-A-T-A-E. So C-B-E-A-T-A-E. And mine is Cool Cat Mum. That's mum with a U because I'm British. And the music for this week is Good Luck by All Day Breakfast from the album Good Luck. They are an Ottawa and Toronto-based duo they're really lovely guys so check them out a link to that album is going to be posted in the show notes as well so that's it for this week thanks for listening and bye bye when you serve-